0: Hello, and welcome back to the Self-Healer Soundboard. The last several episodes, we've been diving deep into the subconscious mind, and we'll be doing the same today as we use our newest workbook, How to Meet Yourself, to explore the concept of inner child.
1: So to begin, let's all get clear together on what we mean in this context of inner child. So in How to Meet Yourself and in all of our work, when we speak of the inner child, we are speaking to the part of our subconscious where we carry our unmet needs, our suppressed emotions, our attachments, our imagination, our creativity, our intuition, and our ability to play. It is also where we carry the wounding from our childhood and past experiences. Now, Almost all of us have experienced some sort of painful or shameful past experience or many past experiences. And in those, deep wounds are created. Well, as we continue on life's journey to become adults, those wounds don't just magically disappear. They are instead held by our inner child.
0: I imagine many of you tuning into an episode like this have probably heard this concept, inner child, talked about somewhere. I'm seeing it's becoming a bit of a buzzword. And I think for reasons like you're just sharing is one of the main reasons being many of us as adults are really coming face to face with this inner being, even as we age in biological years, as we move geographic locations, as some of us us even separate from our earliest relationships. I think many of us are seeing all of the ways that that past is still alive. And one of the major, you know, kind of ways I think that we relive our past daily is through the way that we attempt to meet our needs, because our core needs never change. Even as we age, they are the same that they were in childhood. Those of you who are following along in the How to Meet Yourself workbook, right now I'm going to be reading directly from page 105, where we explore our inner child's core needs. And of course, if You don't have a copy of the workbook. You can hit pause as I'm going through them right now and take notes. So what are the core needs that we all share universally, no matter how old we are? At our core, we each want to be individuals, individuals that are significant in the world. This concept of sense of self, really just this idea of who am I? We want to express and be that person which takes us to the next core need, which is safety. We want to feel safe enough to express ourselves. Not only when we're alone, we want to have that same sense of trust and safety to be who we are when we're relating or in relationship with others, regardless of who those others are. The third need that we all universally share, and you'll often hear Jen and I refer to this as in our neurobiological wiring, we all need connection. We need love. We need Relationships and that emotional bond that comes from that vulnerable, emotional, intimate sharing, that safety and security within those connections. Doesn't matter who you are, we all, in terms of our nervous system, have that need to be connected in safety and security and to be who I am in that connection with another individual. And at the same time, as much as we want that point of connection, we also want space for autonomy or to have separate perspectives, ideas, feelings, ways of being, the uniqueness that is us. Another shared need that we all have, or I should say shared state of being, it begins in, which is a state of openness. We're all open. We're receptive. We want to experience ourselves. We want to experience others. We want to experience the world around us. We share a core need for variety or stimulation, which is really the desire to learn, to see, to experience that newness in our day-to-day life. The final core need that we all share, all of our inner child children have, yeah. is the need for growth. I mean, that's the reality of our human existence. We're not static or unchanging creatures. We're evolving, we're changing, and we're, we share that core connection of we actually like to grow, to change. We're driven energetically to evolve. These six core needs of our inner child are really
1: the core needs of our being as a whole, as our being first came to the earth as this whole, perfect, complete essence in birth. When we were born that day, we all made our arrival and our entrance. We started as a baby. We then grew into that child. So this perfect being that first came onto the earth that then grew, Grew into this child and into the adults that we are today is essentially all the same core. It's all the same being. So, while we describe this as the inner child core needs, they are the core needs of our being because at the heart of our being is that inner child. And when each of these core needs are met, I'm going to read them again identity and significance in the world, safety, connection and love, autonomy variety and stimulation and growth. When those six core needs are met, we are our true, pure, authentic self. That is a nourished inner child. We show up as our true essence. All of the needs are met. We have nothing derailed from that whole complete being that arrived on the earth the first day of our birth. When those core needs are not met, which is the experience of most of us who have all had a painful or traumatic or shameful past event in our life or many events, the wounding and the trauma of those events, or I should say the unresolved emotional pain and wounding from those events is what is carried in that wounded inner child. That unresolved emotional pain or trauma comes from our needs not being met in those events. So the core needs not being met leads us to having a wounded inner child. When those core needs are met, we have a nurtured inner child, which can also be looked at as our authentic self. So if you are in the workbook, How to Meet Yourself, I'm continuing right below that chart that we just did on the core needs This is page 105, Qualities of a Wounded and Nurtured Inner Child. And of course, if you do not have the workbook, you can again pause and take notes. I'm going to read directly from this page. So, as I read over this list, I invite you to take a mental assessment or a self inquiry of which of these qualities you identify with or resonate, which you see yourself in the most. This will help you. Understand your current state, where you are in your own wounded or nurtured inner child journey. So qualities of a wounded inner child are feelings of unsafety. On the contrary, a nurtured inner child or the embodiment of our authentic self brings feelings of safety. Qualities of a wounded inner child blames or criticizes both self and others acts defensively. On the contrary, a nurtured inner child observes self without judgment and allows authentic expression with both self and others. Wounded inner child compares self to others looking for external validation, a need for external validation. A nurtured inner child validates self internally, does not need the external world to affirm or validate them. Wounded inner child engages in limited or fear-based thinking. For example, I am not enough or there is not enough. On the contrary, a nurtured inner child or our authentic self has access to limitless or safety-based thinking. For example, There is an opportunity and possibility in every moment. A nurtured inner child or that authentic self does not see limitations, sees, lives, and embodies nothing but possibility. Another quality of a wounded inner child overreacts or shuts down. For example, the silent treatment or dissociation. Many of us have that autopilot. That is a quality of a wounded inner child. On the contrary, our nurtured inner child or authentic self is open to play, imagination, open to creativity. For example, painting, writing, drawing, singing, dancing. Quality of a wounded inner child engages in black and white thinking, or in other words, absolutes of right or wrong, a lot of rigidity. On the contrary, a nurtured inner child is open to multiple perspectives or interpretations, is not locked into one box. A wounded inner child neglects or harms oneself, while a nurtured inner child or our authentic self practices disciplined self-care, moving and resting the body as needed, being connected to the body. Last quality of a wounded inner child here is a lack of boundaries, a lack of boundaries with both ourself and a lack of boundaries with others, while a nurtured inner child, us being our authentic self, honors boundaries, both our boundaries with ourself, our own energy, and our boundaries with others.
0: For all of you listening who have taken the moment um, to go into this self-inquiry, I do invite us all to also at the same time begin to make sure that we're practicing compassion with ourselves as we're seeing these aspects of our learning of our earliest environments i really want to reiterate that um, especially for i'm imagining the many of you who are resonating with the wounded side of this inner child not to shame ourselves um, this is no indication of any inherent sense of, of worthiness or unworthiness Again, all of these habits are things that we learned were created in our earliest environments where many of us didn't have the physically present caregivers to help model us a different way of being to teach us these aspects of self-care or who didn't have the emotional safety. Maybe we did have other humans, our adults, Present to us, though, in terms of their own emotional development, they weren't able to create a safe emotional climate. So, again, all of these wounded qualities were an adaptation. I really want to emphasize that here, giving us all the possibility of being compassionate as we see these aspects of this inner being. I know for me personally, and we're not going to go too deep into our own inner child journeys. Actually, during next episode, Jen and I are going to spend an entire episode chatting about our own healing journeys in terms of our own inner children. Though I know for me, when I read this list in the beginning of my own journey, I was all on the side of that wounded inner child. Again, of no fault of my own, of really the learning and the modeling that came out of my earliest environment.
1: I really love phrasing it the way that you just did, as an adaptation. And what's important to keep in mind there is that it is an adaptation from your originating whole. So this wounded side that many of you very likely did just resonate with that do have those wounded adaptations, those are all adapted from your true core originating nature. The right-hand side of this list, the nurtured inner child or authentic self that feels safe, is playful, sees possibility in everything, has limitless thinking that is your true nature. It is the originating space in which we all come from. So bear in mind too, as you are cultivating this self-compassion to really be willing to even look at this work, that that nurtured inner child side, your authentic self and being is not something that we are searching for out there in the world or that we need to reach and pull out of thin air that is the originating space that we all still currently come from today our work is identifying the adaptations that have occurred over our lifetime so that we can then identify the wounds we can identify the unresolved emotional experiences of our inner child and begin to do the work to heal them begin to do the work to be the loving adult that now shows up for our inner child to meet those core needs that were not met in the first place. As we meet those core needs, that is how we adapt and evolve, not to something brand new as an authentic self but back to our own true nature. So really here, we are witnessing becoming aware, doing the work to heal so that we can undo the adaptations and go back to where we came from. We're not reinventing a brand new wheel.
0: I love you highlighting this this concept of adaptation, uh, Jenna, and really highlighting, again, the wholeness, right? The unlearning, the peeling back of the onion, as I often refer to, and returning back into that sense of self. And again, it's not that we're creating something that hasn't been there. I love your analogy of kind of chiseling the clay away at which has always been beneath the surface. And saying all that to say, one of the major ways that we adapt are through what we call the inner child archetypes, or these different exampled ways of being, our kind of go-tos, our habits that many of us embody when we're going about the world most often within our relationships. And those are very connected to, again, what archetype, and I'm going to go through the seven of them in a second, but what archetype we're going to embody often does have something to do with what inner need we're trying to meet. And again, how we were modeled, how our environments, how our earliest relationships allowed us to meet or what we had to do, how we had to adapt to try to get those needs met when they weren't being met consistently by the caregivers around us. So we embody these different habitual conditioned ways of being most often in our relationships as our best attempt at meeting those needs. And you'll even see as we begin to go through some of them, how they might connect to those different kind of pillars of the wounded versus the nurtured inner child. So the first one, is the caretaker. I imagine a lot of you listening are probably resonating with this archetype. And really simply, a caretaker gains a sense of identity or their own self-worth, usually through neglecting their own needs, believing that the only way to receive love is by taking care of or tending to another. And going back even to that previous chart, right? Neglecting, harming the self, even a self that doesn't factor in, right? I'm always serving someone else. I'm always caring for someone else. We can see how the more consistently that was the case, the more we were modeled that in childhood, we might become the adult who is the self-proclaimed caretaker of all of those around us. Other really common archetypes. This one, I, I relate to very much so, which is the overachiever. Again, going back to this idea of External validation, right? If that's the only way we've gotten to feel good enough in our earliest relationships, we might find ourselves embodying this overachiever. And the overachiever feels seen, heard, and valued through success and achievement. They use external validation as a way to cope with low self-worth, believing that the only way to receive love is through performance. Kind of On the opposite side of the overachiever is the underachiever who keeps themselves small, unseen, beneath their potential, due usually to a fear of criticism or shame about failure, often taking themselves out of the game, quitting before even showing up, before even bringing themselves to the table or before the game is even played, if you will. They believe that the only way to receive love is to stay invisible and unnoticed. Another really common inner child archetype is that of the rescuer or the protector. So similar to the caretaker, though this rescuer or protector views others as helpless, incapable, and dependent, and derives their own sense of love and self-worth from being in a position of power, often attempting to rescue those around them, usually in times of perceived need. When I need to come to service or rescue someone, there I am at the ready. Believing, of course, that the only way to receive love is to take away other people's problems, usually those people that are, again, perceived as more powerless than ourselves. Another really common adaptation is what we call the life of the party. This is a person who presents usually as cheerful, happy, or comedic and never shows pain weakness or vulnerability, maybe always making jokes, maybe even self-demeaning jokes. They believe that the only way to receive love is to make sure that they and all of those around them are always happy. Another common archetype or, again, common adaptation is the yes person. This is a person who drops everything Neglecting all of their needs in service of all of the wants and needs of others. This is the ultimate people pleaser, always yesing. You need me? Yes, I'm there no matter what is happening in my own life or what resources I have available to me. Like the caretaker, this yes person was modeled self sacrifice and has come to believe that the only way to receive love is to be that S word, which is selfless. The final inner child archetype is what we call the hero worshiper. This is a person who constantly looks to a person, a guru, someone else to follow, much like they did in childhood where that person that they looked up to was usually a parent figure or a caretaker who they usually perceived as perfect, ideal, almost superhuman without fault in many ways. This hero worshiper comes to believe that the only way to receive love is to reject your own needs, desires, intuition, using others as the model for living your own life. As you may have witnessed going through those archetypes and explanations, there may be
1: one, two, three, maybe all of these seven archetypes that you're resonating with that you can feel that ping in your stomach. Maybe you don't notice the connection right away from listening, but you notice a sensation in your body. You feel a physical reaction in response to some of those archetypes. I know for myself, and we'll go more into our own personal journeys in next episode, but almost all of these (laughs) archetypes at one point have resonated in some way, shape, or form. And It really just goes to show too that while there are eight, nine billion people, however many billion people there are in the world currently, we can boil all of these down into just seven archetypes that are consistent patterns that we witness as humans in response, in adaptation to our earliest experiences in childhood. So these seven archetypes are all conditioned roles. They are conditioned ways of being that came from those earliest environments. So if you haven't already, you can check the last few episodes as well. We dove into the conditioned mind and self-beliefs. Both of those episodes are tied in here to what we're speaking about with these inner child archetypes, all coming from that earliest conditioning.
0: I think what's also really important to note, and I appreciate because I do agree, I see aspects Um, of several of these in myself, even still, in terms of my pull, in terms of habits. Um, Overachiever obviously speaks to me in terms of my professional life, always seeking to, you know, be doing, checking that next box. And the yes person really resonates with me in particular in terms of my emotional side of relationships, never wanting to bring any emotional needs, always thinking I'm doing the most selfless, caring thing for others, by yesing, by showing up in service, regardless of what I want and what I need. So, you know, going through these, I think what is also important to highlight here is so many of us, you know, especially as we age, especially as so much of this process of the conditioned mind and its impact on our daily habits happens below the surface of our awareness. Some of us have come to identify completely as these adaptations, right? We wear this... Caretaker cape in a way that that's who we've come to believe is all that we are in life, and that's not to say that the many of us and you know we oftentimes refer to or speak to the parents out there, people who are in care of other individuals. While that is, in my opinion, one of the greatest you know journeys, missions anyone can be on is shaping our future generations. I would even go as far to say that that's not wholly. Who you are that might be very much a part of your purpose and your passion, yet you are a being who's much more complete than that. But bringing this up in the context of so many of us, because this is happening so beneath the surface, we come to associate this archetype, this very common way of being that we shift into as being all of who we are. Yet when we tune into our bodies, this is coming to mind hearing you say that many of us have the sense that it isn't all of who we are. I mean, the best way that I can describe it is while I was going about life, being selfless, yesing the world around me, endlessly achieving what I couldn't shake was almost a deep hole. It felt like in in myself. And, And for me, that was that sense of disconnection, that absence of all of the rest of my being. Yes, I'm still very purposeful and passionate. I love putting out teachings that can impact the world. I love you know, learning how to show up in support of my relationships in terms of my emotional needs and being vulnerable, yet I'm so much else at the same time. So I just wanted to highlight that as well as we go through this exploration, as we begin to witness ourself embodying these roles, many of you might tune into that instinct, that instinctive awareness, that this is who you've come to know yourself as, Though that there is so much more to your story beneath the sur- surface, so much more of your wholeness that you've yet to access.
1: Our work in healing and transformation is really the work of reconnecting with and reawakening that childlike part of ourself, which is the purest, most direct connection to our innate inner wisdom, to our authentic self that no is not out there in the world waiting to be found or seen. It is instead in here, has been here all along, and is waiting for us now as conscious and aware adults to choose to reconnect and reawaken the wisdom and the magic that has been within this entire time. So hopefully these archetypes, this language of a wounded, nurtured inner child, these core needs are. All helps give you language and paint a picture to better become aware of and understand how that experience of childhood, of those woundings, created an opportunity for adaptations to then play these roles out in the world that, yes, are a part of who we are and how we express ourselves though they are a part of who we are and how we express ourselves, they are not the whole. There is an originating whole, that authentic, true, wise, inner child self that is the originator of that outward expression. So we thank you for tuning into these conversations, being a part of them, spreading this work, sharing it with friends, family, anyone, to really ripple and expand this outward into the world so that together we can all connect back to what has been here all along and create a world that is true and authentic to ourselves, not only individually, but collectively as a whole. We love you. We thank you. And we look forward to diving more into the inner child on our episode next week.